I'm Matthew. I'm Marty. I'm Carlos. And we are the Heroes 3. Welcome to Heroes 3, the bi-weekly podcast where three friends explore the best, worst, and everything in between in the world of Asian cinema. And this week we are continuing our look at movies by the Venom Mob with 1978's Invincible Shaolin, directed by Cheng Che, of course, like all the others, and starring the Venom Mob. So, uh, Sun Qian, Cheng Xian, eh, Sun Qian, Cheng Sheng, Lu Feng, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> those those first two are the first two builds. You started so, with the yeah. hardest ones. <laughs> yeah, Sun Qian, Sheng Sheng, Lu Feng, Lo Mang, and Philip Quak are a lot easier. And Pak. Yeah. So, <laughs> and then some of our like adjacent Venoms are definitely back again, um, including yeah, Johnny Wang, Johnny Wang, the villain, and um, you know, opening uh, cameo in the first three minutes from Mr. Dick Way once again. Yeah. Yeah, this film's more, uh, I'd say, more of a traditional kung fu film compared to the last two that we watched. Venom Mob, they were doing, you know, this superhero kind of mystery thing with five Venoms, and we saw in Crippled Avengers their take on, you know, this kind of disabled hero, and uh, now we're just straight up doing some Shaolin stuff. Um, The thing that I kind of like, and I mentioned it at the end of our last episode, is that it directly pits them against each other. And um, the other thing that I think is cool is that it's not a kind of a situation where it's heroes and villains. We've got a situation yeah, here where um, like everybody thinks... a lot thinks, of misunderstanding. Yeah, they, you can see that they think they're the heroes, but they end up encountering each other. And um, actually, you know, it, it gets pretty brutal as the movie goes, goes on. So... Um, I really uh, think it's cool because you can really root. You can kind of root for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Even even though you know some guys are like, uh, they're definitely in kind of the antagonist light because of uh, their strength, I guess. Sure. Um, sure. But I, I still think you can like pick any one of the Venoms and kind of say, hey, like this is the coolest guy for me in the film. Yeah, I think hats off to Chang Che and um, his kind of co-writer Ni Kuang and all these films. These are three very uh three very different kind of vehicles for this like large gang of the Venom mob. And when you think about it, it is difficult to pitch premises that could kind of be equally shared across that large of a cast. And I like how different each of the directions of these films are. In Crippled Avengers, we were talking about in the beginning of the film how it's a little confusing exactly where your allegiances should lie as an audience mm-hmm. member. And I kind of think Invincible Shaolin sort of feels that, I mean, I think I, I think I, I agree with you, but I guess overall I feel like the entire film kind of feels that way where it's, I like the concept of there being these kind of like gray uh, morality or right and wrong. But to me it was just a little, I guess maybe just a little less defined or something. Mm, okay, And it was a little difficult to kind of, yeah know where to kind of throw throw my heart behind these characters but Mm. some really yeah i mean 
really great performances and we have female characters that uh that talk in this movie Um, (laughs) yeah that's nice and they're all like super adorable i mean they kind of exist to like pretty much just be the girlfriends of um i guess what you would say maybe are like our three main guys but um, sure yeah really luckily i will say i was really really afraid that they were going to die to give them something to be fighting for yeah but they don't they they kind of change that which 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 that was nice uh, i will say in the movie's credit yeah there's definitely we're gonna run into some some death but um mm-hmm. uh they make it out okay luckily mm-hmm. um, i think it's funny too that um kind of like uh johnny wang lung Wei, uh you know when we see him in five venoms He's kind of got a role where he isn't fighting and you kind of know him as an action star. Uh, you get that with one of the females in this film when you see Kara Hui on screen. You're like, yeah. oh, like, cool. Like, she's going to yeah, be Yeah, we ran into her in our, like, Lao Garlong arc and she's amazing. Yeah. But, yeah, just like him, she doesn't get any uh, fighting screen time. She's... Uh, strictly in an acting role here. Yeah, I know. I was kind of sad to see that too. Yeah. <laughs> um, the other thing that I like to mention, and I mentioned in the last episode too, is that this film also came out in 1978. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. this is the first three movies of this of this little arc <laughs> all came out in 1978, and this is the this is the middle of the of the yeah. three that we're doing. So this came out in November, and Crippled Avengers, Invincible Shaolin, and Five Venoms came out within like four or five months of each other, which is yeah. astounding to think about yeah, in unbelievable. 2019. <laughs> and just I mean, really think, in any year, at least in, yeah. in like by Hollywood standards, I'm not aware of any sort of equivalent to that. Um, yeah, with that many feature-length films yeah. at least coming out. I mean, and it's year. maybe not... It's definitely a feat, but it also wasn't that rare for Hong Kong productions, either, you know, Shaw Brothers films or Golden Harvest or some of the independent films. Um, it's mm. incredible just how quickly these the movies of this period were were turned out. I mean, yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. Uh, a thing about this podcast to me is the longer we do it, the more I think that if I had a time machine. I would travel back to 1978. Oh, man. To go go back to to Hong Kong. Just to be in the middle of all of this. So many different films. It's it's unbelievable how pivotal this year is for Mm -hmm. Hong Kong action cinema. It's it's crazy. Yeah, and it would have just been great to kind of get a sense of really how audiences were reacting to all these movies when they were brand new. Boy, it's hard Mm -hmm. um, actually doing this. Um, thinking about what's going on in Hong Kong right now, so definitely sending yeah. our sending our mm. you know love and thoughts and, crazy and everything stuff. to everybody over in Hong. Kong. Yeah, it is definitely yeah. crazy times, but yeah, hoping for yeah some kind of some kind of peaceful outcome there. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So yeah, this this movie is it's it's very like I would say that this movie might be one of the most kung fu y kung fu movies we've done. I think I've said that a couple of times. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like this is even more so because even with like like 36 Chamber is definitely up there. But I feel like even with that one, you know, there's still like the inciting incident that leads to everything that it leads to the guy who doesn't know anything training to and becoming amazing. Mm-hmm. But right. this is almost just straight up. Hey, this style is better than this style, or is it? I don't know. 
Yeah. Let's find out. <laughs> it almost has more of like a documentary point of view. It doesn't really lean extremely hard on any kind of like adventure sort of storytelling. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I, I guess we're supposed to think that uh, Johnny Wang's character is like the main antagonist, though it's not mm-hmm. super clear why he does sort of what he does. Oh, um, what he's doing. Yeah. I, I kind of figured it as like he's part of like the Manchus and mm-hmm. the only the only thing that's going to stop them from conquering China is the Shaolin martial artists. And if they can kill each other, then they'll won't be in their way. That's what I was kind of getting. Yeah, that's definitely yeah, what's going on. Sense. It's, uh, you know, this setting where uh, and it's, you know, a lot of it is based in history, although, you know, it gets like very kung fu tropey. So yeah, yeah. um the show except for kung fu movies are kinda like westerns just mm-hmm. for a different a different part of the world in a different time period. Yeah, yeah the, totally. the reason that the government did not like Shaolin was that Shaolin became like a haven. So uh with that, you know, them welcoming in people in need, that included people that were kind of part of a rebellion. And then Shaolin kind of came to be known as kind of a, a refuge for rebellious people. And that's why the government decided, hey, we got to destroy these places. There's another interesting thing about uh, this film. And um, the main focus within the Shaolin martial artists in this film is that there are northern Shaolin and southern Shaolin. Right. And with with that, Shaolin is known for coming from the north. And... There are people that say that there was a Shaolin temple in the south, but it's something that's kind of been convoluted over generations, and it's kind of become this mythical thing. So people don't actually know if there really was a southern Shaolin temple, and uh, kung fu movies kind of run with that and make it this kind of mythical, uh, made-up thing. Yeah, sort of lean into um, the mystery of it. Yeah, yeah, totally. So that's what's happening here pitting the north against the south so i think that's pretty cool and and it's also like you said like so kung fu movie uh centric where um they're really focusing on training in different styles so you've got a bit of wing chun in this film you've got a bit of mantis style which i think is cool because lo meng is known as a uh, practitioner of mantis in real life so you get to see that in this film as well. So I think it's all really cool. I, I eat this stuff up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Well, and um, I'm reminded of like our Lao Garlong arc where we were talking about how some of his storylines just seem so motivated by the love of Kung Fu and martial mm. arts. And that's definitely true here. Uh, and it also, I can't remember what other movie um kind of brought this up but this totally feels like the kind of story that like you're coming up with on the playground like with your <laughs> friends as you're sort of like play fighting or whatever and yeah i i would almost describe the movie as is easy going i don't know if it hits you guys that way or at least like relative to to kung fu films yeah um, I, I think for me it's really in how the main characters in opposition uh act towards each other nobody's like oh you know like i mean there's the people that are seeking revenge but you've got the guys that are you know quote unquote the murderers in the film and they're not malicious they're just martial artists and they're doing yeah totally and they're nice to everyone in the community yeah anytime they meet somebody that's another shaolin from the south 
they greet them, you know, respectfully and treat them with respect. It's just that they're marked as these murderers and that places them against each other. Well, then I think it's time that we should dive into the movie itself. But first, let's take a look at the back of the VHS. An empire toppled by its enemies can rise again. But one that crumbles from within, that's dead forever. The Manchu army has assembled the best students of Shaolin to train their soldiers. Experts from the northern and the fabled southern temples arrive to spread their knowledge. But there are underhanded motives behind this gathering. The Manchu general has a plan to eliminate the threat of the Shaolin temple. North and south are pitted against each other. A friendly match turns into a civil war after things get out of hand. What is the fate of the Shaolin? Will they live long enough to see the face of their true enemy? Cheng Che returns with a venom mob to bring you a classic kung fu tale of revenge. Who can defeat the invincible Shaolin? Uh, so this movie, like we said before, it's very, it's pretty straightforward. Like, I don't think this will be quite as long of a discussion as some of the previous ones. Because this movie <laughs> yeah, is, I think that's probably true. it's very much, hey, there's the North and the South Shaolin. Someone's trying to pit them against each other. South needs to get revenge against the North and then they fight. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, then the movie kind of ends. It kind of feels like it ends 30 minutes before it should end. <laughs> well, and there aren't really any like conflicts in the second act of the film. And there's not, yeah. there's not really much of like a reinstigation of the like deception. I mean, there's a, there's a little bit, there's like a henchman who's kind of spying on, spying on uh, Wu Feng and Sun Qian and Chang Sheng's characters. But um, like you were saying earlier, Carlos, like they're just super gentlemanly <laughs> all the time. Um, yeah. And the other dudes are also super gentlemanly. And yeah, when they bump into each other, they're mostly kind of friendly. But yeah, it's... That's even what they say in the movies. Like, I suggest we keep it friendly. Just a contest to show our skill. Yeah. The thing that keeps coming back is... They acknowledge, hey, we're we're all from Shaolin, so we we shouldn't fight each other. But every time that they bring that up, the general says, uh, you know, like, why don't you just, you know, fight or something like go <laughs> ahead and fight. <laughs> uh, so then it becomes a situation where, you know, they want to be respectful to the other school and, you know, these kind of martial arts, like kind of traditional, like respect things like kind of pull them into a fight and um the skills of the martial artists from the north uh seem to be so much greater than anyone they fight that um they just end up killing everyone <laughs> yeah and really it's like the catalyst at the beginning of the film which is um after like a friendly martial arts exchange uh johnny wang's character uh murders like the three uh, southern dudes who had been like his his particular you know, Shaolin teachers. And yeah. so essentially just reminding, um, reminding the new Southern characters like of those deaths. Um, and then there's like a, a su subsequent three that are kind of killed in mysterious circumstances right after that. That seems to be really all that's necessary to kind of drive the vengeance storyline for the mm. Southern Shaolins. I like how, Okay, last episode we covered crippled Avengers and we made kind of a handful of Avengers jokes. And you could almost say that this is like the <laughs> Captain America Civil War of these Shaw Brothers movies where they're pitting uh, 
you know, heroes against each other and there's somebody pulling the strings behind the scenes. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think you come to this movie for um, for the extended training sequence for the the southern half of the Venoms. Um, yeah, which is yeah, Philip uh, Philip Kwok and Lo Meng and uh, Y Pak join in the game mm-hmm. here. Yeah, and that's that's something we should mention too is that uh, Y Pak was notably absent from uh, Crippled Avengers, so he's he's back in this one. Yeah, he's back, but then he's kind of trapped in. <laughs> to a little shit <laughs> that's one of my favorite that's, like training yeah, I was say, that's probably devices. my favorite part of the training montage where it's like these walls uh, kind of magically come down and then he's like trapped in this little like pagoda and uh he has to break himself out of it yeah so the the movie begins where we see these uh we see primarily the north shaolin people kind of showing off their stuff i love the very very first scene with the wood dummies <laughs> so good where the the yeah, very so first fun. thing he does is he like very light. It's um Lu Feng, I think. Yes. Very like lightly touches the dummy with his hands, and then steps away, and then just kind of gives it a little slap on the side, and then these little hand marks just like cut out from the dummy. <laughs> yeah, and that's great. <laughs> the thing that really seals the deal for me is Wang Lung Wei's kind of very approving nod after he sees that damage happen. He's like, oh, <laughs> yeah. very nice. Mm. <laughs> they each get to demonstrate their skills a little bit. And uh, Sun Xian is the next one up. And he plays a character named Xu Feng. And he, of course, uses his excellent kicking ability to uh, kick a head clean off of the dummy. Yeah. Well, not too clean. It's pretty messy. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> it uh, definitely showcases the palm th- technique. Yeah. Yeah, the power be t- behind his legs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then uh, Cheng Sheng does, uh, he uses the, the two-section staff as opposed to the three-section staff we've seen a couple times before where it's just a staff that has the one little section like attached at the very end. Yeah, and so it's like he a does long some, pole with a short extension. And he does some cool stuff with that throughout this movie. Yeah, totally. That's uh, Again, it's cool that that, that does come back into play at uh, the end of the film. Unfortunately, kicking a guy's head clean off does not come up later in the movie. So <laughs> not that kind of movie. Yeah. And prior to um our three heroes, I guess we'd say, uh prior to them entering the movie, we do have an opening scene um with just pretty direct like exposition, just kind of letting the audience know what the yeah, what the historical rules are here. But yeah, it's another case of the characters talking to each other really all are are the ones that know this information um it's yeah i think in the dub it's great and kind of funny we don't like martial arts so then we pass new laws banning the spread of it uh in the original film it's a little yeah i'm trying to find a nice way to put it (laughs) dry (laughs) something it's just uh for me the um I have actually I should have mentioned this earlier, but uh, the DVD that I have of Invincible Shaolin actually was released in the States through Funimation, the uh, company that's mainly Ah. known for anime. Yeah. So they took a stab at releasing some Shaw Brothers films for a little bit and they have kind of like their Shaw Brothers collection and actually it's kind of I once I was looking up the movie i realized that the dvd that i have is pretty sought after um oh, cool. it's out of print now yeah so does um, it have a different dub no it's it, okay it, yeah oh that would be yeah that'd well be i crazy. didn't know if they maybe they got like you know right. their little yeah, stable dubbers to do it or something that'd be interesting 
Yeah. It's got a nice Goku pack- voicing the main guy or something. <laughs> right. right. It's got a nice package and but it doesn't have many extras, but it's those celestial films uh remasters and it's got the original audio and the dub and Oh, awesome. Gotcha. Yeah, the subtitles, I don't know, yeah, to, which version you guys watch, but I, they actually seemed really involved. Like they give you a lot more information on the oh, subtitles than the dub. Yeah. So I was able to pull some information for research for the episode too. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, that's awesome. Because yeah. what I was going to say is that the subtitles and the audio on Amazon are terrible. Right. Yeah. Like, I don't know what the deal with the audio is, but it just feels like, I don't know. It feels like the, like every line feels like it's like too quiet or like it yeah, it's kind of in fading in and out. Yeah, it almost seems like there was something wrong with like the the tubes and some of the gear or something. Like it really sounds like yeah, some kind of audio issue. Also, it's like this is our classic dub team. It's maybe mm. not the most excited they've ever been. Um, <laughs> in, yeah, in a soundtrack, which is yeah, totally um, understandable. I mean, I think overall the stakes are kind of lower in this film. It's more about kind of the art of you know Shaolin martial arts and the art of the training but yeah it's there's some weird audio issues with it and then the timing of the captions it's is so really bad, bad. it um, just gets worse throughout the movie like by the end of it it's literally they like they say a line or no the subtitle pops up and then they say the line like Oh, a few that, seconds later. It's that really destroys bad. me. Also, I, I love how they, yeah. they spell uh pole. They spell pole <laughs> like P-O-L-L. a political pole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whoa, cool. Uh, every um, time. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, yeah, it's literally every time. It's not like they just gave up halfway through. I would say oh, as so far bad. as digital streaming goes, I I do think Amazon Prime is probably the best place to find a bunch of stuff. Oh, definitely. Yeah, it's totally. kind of it's kind of the wild west. Still, mm-hmm. I, I wonder how they could regulate that. But at the same time, I, I don't want to complain too much because we can just click on a thing and just access yeah, the movie say, instantly. It's, which is, it's still miles ahead of what it, streets it ahead, used yeah. to be. Yeah. Streets, yeah, it's definitely streets ahead. <laughs> the subtitles are streets behind, though. <laughs> yeah, oh, they definitely, they're a couple missed, blocks back. Missed time subtitles is like... That's a deal breaker right there. It also That's though honestly... feels kind of like a rite of passage though. Um, yeah. <laughs> nice. That's the that, that's that's honestly one of the things like I still can't quite believe that VLC is free because yeah. some of yeah. the stuff you can do on it is wild. But one of the things you can do is you can change the timing of subtitles if it gets off, right? Which wow. is like oh, it's so nice. That's awesome. I, I kept I was Amazing. looking around for settings to see if I could do that here, but. But no dice. <laughs> yeah. Alas. But mm-hmm. um. But yeah, I, I I would like to listen to the Cantonese version of the soundtrack sometime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'll um um is it is it I think it's Mandarin. Is it Cantonese or man? I'm actually not sure. But um, I would assume it might have. The thing mm-hmm. is, it I feel like it might have been both at some mm-hmm. point. I mean, yeah, just about every the... every kung fu film of this period would have had two dubs. But um, okay. Uh, but the according to the Hong Kong movie database, it says it's in Mandarin. Yeah, and I think... all the names have both Cantonese and Mandarin versions for yeah. most of the main characters. I'm pretty so. sure it's Mandarin, but um, yeah, it, I yeah, can... it could just be like what the surviving um, prints are. Actually, a lot of the surviving soundtracks for a lot of the the Shaw Brothers um, transfers 
the celestial transfers in particular, are, yeah, a lot of those are in Mandarin. And I mean, that could be too that it's maybe you know the the market that that these new transfers are targeting too. Oh yeah, that's interesting. Um, there was um, one of the Lao Garlong films that was released by Dragon Dynasty. Oh, it was My Young Auntie. When that was released through Dragon Dynasty, um, they, yeah, they didn't have the original, I think they only had the Mandarin version on the audio for the DVD, and that was kind of like a controversial thing oh, for sure. Western release. People were kind of, you know, it's <laughs> like Dragon Dynasty was like, oh, you know, this is the most authentic this and that, <laughs> but then they did that and people were like, wah. <laughs> yeah. Not my authentic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Back to the movie, guys. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, let's, I, I just want to say one more thing. Sure. With a lot of, with these other two movies, you can find like kind of weird, almost copy of a copy VHS versions of it on YouTube. Mm. But you actually can't, like, you can rent it on YouTube, but you actually can't find one of those for Invincible Shaolin. But oh, it's really confusing because they do have a copy like that of The Shaolin Invincibles, which is a different movie <laughs> that came out the year before this one. Oh, I've never seen it. I had never heard of it until I saw it here, so. Wow. <laughs> anyway. There were a lot <laughs> of Invincible titles around uh yeah, seventy seven through seventy nine. Oh, dude, um, yeah. Some we, of my we favorite mentioned movies. Born Invincible. Born Invincible, uh, Invincible that movie Ar- rules. Invincible Armor is another great movie. Um, yeah. yeah, there's something something about that that concept. Although it's interesting, none of our Shaolin really are invincible. Um, they are definitely not. We'll find out by the end <laughs> yeah, of the movie. They're, they're super <laughs> invincible at the end. Invincible. Um, okay, yeah. So let's get to some uh, some Shaolin fighting, right? So. Um, General Zhu summons the northern fighters and the southern fighters together. And this is like where you said uh, we see Dick Wei. He's amongst the uh, southern fighters here. There's also our, um, I believe it was Mr. Lin from uh, Crippled Avengers, the the sniper bird looking dude. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I noticed him. Yep. He's, he's one of the guys fated to be defeated by our northern uh, Venom mob masters. Um, but yeah, here you see uh, this kind of demonstration of how really outmatched these guys are. They kind of say like, oh, you know, maybe we shouldn't fight, but things escalate and immediately uh, Dick Way stands up and starts taking off his shirt and like he's ready to rumble. Mm. Uh, the thing I really like is um, Cheng Sheng, his character's name is Yang Zhangfei, and um, he uh, explains that he uses uh, pole and he uses something they call light skill in the dub. And in the yeah. original, yeah, yeah, original audio, he says it's Qinggong, which is like kind of like this aerial, like a basically light skill is basically the simplest way to describe this martial arts ability. And you can see it in the film that he's just flipping around all over the place. It's really cool. Yeah, like light on his feet rather than like light of the stars or something. Like from the sun, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's, yeah, like I said, it's like this martial artist's agility skill. And actually, it's kind of a common skill uh, related to Bagua, which we've seen in, um, what did we see it recently in? Uh, uh, The Grandmaster. Yeah, The Grandmaster. Yeah. So he says, like, hey, like, you got to try and catch me. And he's flipping around and frustrating his opponent. And then he eventually grabs a sword. And then um, he uh, starts to use his pole skill. And, uh, yeah, you see that 
this dude is just trying to really struggle just to keep up with him and yeah i don't know it look it, it looks <laughs> great obviously it's it's similar to like what i was saying in the last episode about the weapon fighting in the films compared to the hand hand to hand fighting and you get a lot more uh weapon fighting in this film for me yeah, I think the choreography in this film is almost like a bridge between um, Deadly Venoms and Crippled Avengers. We have maybe more scenes of combat, and we get to see a little more of the Peking Opera, Peking Opera flourish. I gravitate much more towards the choreography style of Crippled Avengers than I think in this film, mm. um, personally. But we we definitely see the Venoms kind of do what they're they're known for, like like you were saying earlier. Um, and yeah, definitely the the light skill or the light on your feet acrobatic skill. That's like a perfect fit for Chang Sheng, who, yeah, I mean, is just so incredibly acrobatic and didn't really get a chance, like we said, to do all that much in the Deadly Venom. So yeah. this is awesome. And once once he kind of frustrates his opponent and disarms him, Dick Wade jumps in. And once he jumps in, then Lu Fang shows his skills, which we saw these kind of it seems like he has these extremely strong palm strikes. And um, I, I, these kinds of martial arts I always like because it's like, whoa, like super strong, like fist attack or send some dude flying. And he definitely sends Dick Way through some furniture in this uh, fight. Yeah. <laughs> but after they defeat those, uh, after they defeat those teachers from the South, then that's when we see them like in their kind of in their room packing up to leave. And the whatever and then Johnny Wang's character just kills both or all three of yeah. them. Yeah. I like but. how he like enters the room and he's like very calm. Then he sits down. Then he stands up again. <laughs> yeah. Like he sits down and then for he's a like, moment. You're fired. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and just like he does a one strike to each guy. And yeah. Each and of it's them definitely like a yeah bloody mouth keel over kind of yeah thing. reach up for a second and then fall back over dead yeah it happens awesome a lot awesome deaths here and we know that you know, dick way has this thing it's like i've got to be gone in 10 minutes so we gotta yeah. <laughs> move it move it along yeah he does not break the 11 minute mark yeah it's such a cool like running yeah i don't know what you'd call it like a little running tradition that dick way has a small part in every movie and it's always in the beginning <laughs> yeah it's almost like um like Steve Buscemi and Coen Brothers movies. Oh, yeah, sure. Totally. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> He's out of his element. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely is. So I, I also like in this sequence when he kills the third member. He kind of has a little bit of an exposition here, and in the dub, the <laughs> the bit, guy yeah. before he dies, he says to him like a plot, like you, you're like a mess. <laughs> I almost feel like it's like this breaking the fourth wall like situation where (laughs) telling the audience you're the bad guy listen to what this guy's saying he's he's the troublemaker (laughs) actually along with the some of the audio issues on the dub it's also a little less than it's not quite up to their standard as far as the translation and the writing is like it Mm. did it strike you that way matthew like some uh i'd say some of the sentences are almost a little confusing even and there is a lot of the times where they kind of stop to match with the lip movements like that i feel like that happens a lot more in this than some yeah. of the others or it's more noticeable at least i but definitely notice some moments like that in this film yeah but you do get some beautiful damn you um oh there's a lot of great damn there's you. a lot of great damn yous so <laughs> that's yeah could watch that all day <laughs> oh that's a that's a video idea Make a compilation <laughs> oh dude a super cut 
That'd be amazing. Supercut of the dubs? Yeah, I love that. I still yeah. think one of my favorite dub lines in kung fu films is... You must be tired of living. Yeah, <laughs> I, think, I think that's that's so good. <laughs> I will um, say last last week's They Also Shoot Darts is definitely up there for me. Oh, man, that's so good. <laughs> it's really good. So the bodies are returned to the Southern Shaolin school, and um, the Manchu subordinates kind of like they're spreading his lies, and they're trying to pit them against the northern yeah and that's when we meet uh chan chen's character who's he really gives his all in this performance um in kind of old man makeup and um, oh. <laughs> he's yeah very stricken by this uh mm-hmm. and yeah he kind of he kind of acts that way through through the rest of the movie you see him on screen and you're really concerned for his health <laughs> yeah totally <laughs> that dude is like he looks messed up his yeah. eyes are all like jaundice and he's got this red like makeup around his like yeah. eyelids yeah. and stuff. And he has like permanent bags under his eyes, and he's always sweaty. <laughs> Although that's in a in a uh, is it that might have been this previous scene actually. One of the guys that they're fighting is, gets so sweaty trying to hold back someone's attack. Oh yeah, he's like dripping sweat. Yeah, and it's like his foot soaked in sweat, and like that's, the carpet underneath him gets soaked in sweat. Yeah, totally. That's in the next. Yeah, that's in the, the next, oh, that's the next okay. scene. Yeah, yeah. For a second, yeah. you're not really sure what the fluid is. It's like <laughs> I thought did, that too. Right? Mm. Okay. It's like, damn, this dude pissed his pants. Wow, <laughs> they didn't need to go that far, but okay. <laughs> yeah, I think it was this kind of movie, but okay. <laughs> um, um, yeah. So, but even still, the three northern uh, fighters, they kind of acknowledge like hey something is kind of weird here but let's just kind of keep our eyes open and yeah. continue what let's we're not doing. rush into solving the mystery let's kind of <laughs> get comfy yeah because yeah, they they do uh once they find out these men have died and you know as far as they know it was their fight that kind of caused this they go to the southern uh temple and they pay their respects and um the master says you know like you guys shouldn't be here or, you know a fight could break out and there's nothing i can do about it but he just lets them know we're going to be sending three more uh men and you'll have to fight them mm-hmm. soon the northern master says that they don't really want to be teachers they're just doing it because they feel like they kind of have to mm-hmm. and one of the southern students says we don't want to be teachers either we just want revenge <laughs> yeah that's great yeah and i did look into like in history did Shaolin ever train military in China but I I couldn't find any like definite answers it kind of you know I I always knew from what I know it was like Shaolin kept to themselves and they just kind of continued their training that it was something where the government was never involved in and it was this kind of antagonistic relationship so I don't know yeah but it, it, it you kind of like and I think of like 36 chamber of shaolin where it was like you know use use this skill to take down the government and right. for me it's like i can't see a shaolin actually wanting to train government soldiers mm-hmm. there's one line it's almost like a throwaway line at the very beginning where he says that shaolin's the only version of kung fu that's legal basically yeah so. but that it's supposed to be only practiced by the monks and it's mm-hmm. like you guys aren't monks um, these guys are practicing the 36 chamber i guess you could say if they're training just anybody yeah they're sort of like yeah monks in training although everyone has their hair so yeah. true, I'm not sure true. The deal with that is yeah a lot of great hair 
<laughs> but yeah, that's we we get to see um, some more fights uh, where this time uh, I think Chang Sheng does kill one of the guys, but he doesn't want to. He it like it feel like they just keep fighting because they're trying to get revenge, even whenever they say that you know we we don't want to fight because you, you know you guys are gonna get hurt. You we do get some more like kind of kind of gory violence where yeah, Liu Fang yeah, kind of is he strikes his opponent, the dude that looks like he peed his pants, and um, mm-hmm. you see like his ribs exposed out of his. It's kind of like this crude uh practical makeup mm-hmm. but you see like ribs sticking out of his midsection yeah and then all um, three of these guys le- like leave with like a kind of a bloody scar yeah yeah so the other guy you know he's uh, all fired up because this has happened to one of his brothers and he tries to attack um sun Xian, and he responds with a kind of like an axe kick like a reverse axe kick and yeah just like reflexively yeah yeah, and actually you couldn't fault him for that because the dude's kind of coming at him from behind. So he just automatically uses his instincts to do this kick and he kills him as well. I love uh, Sun Qian's acting there because he, he seems genuinely like stunned by what happened and even just like how powerful his kick his kick was on his opponent. The other thing I like too is whenever Cheng Sheng uses his light skill where he's flipping around, you do get some moments here where he's uh, kind of bouncing on a trampoline but there still are plenty of shots that are wide enough to see him doing authentic flips but there's this kind of string like yeah there's like this kind of string cue whenever he uses his flips it's like sounds really cool you mentioned the trampoline shot uh that reminds me there's maybe i think the most beautiful slow-mo trampoline shot um in any kung fu film that uh Mm. happens in this sequence I think, yeah, you probably know the one I'm talking about. It's like, mm. um, yeah, two dudes like flying up in beautiful slow motion. and Yeah, the yeah, slow-mo that, shot. It's, it's really cool. Great gif, yeah. yeah. There's definitely a couple of good gifful moments. And there's a lot of really good, a lot of really good kind of like out of context uh, parts of this. Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> like whenever Sun Chan does that like reverse kick and uh it like does a zoom in of all the main characters faces and whenever it does a zoom in of the the captain and the general they're just kind of smiling to themselves (laughs) that is one of the things i love about this whole sequence because they're like snickering like to the to each other just the general and the lieutenant (laughs) every time something bad happens between the shaolin fighters the lieutenant kind of glances over at the general like, hey, hey, this is what we want, right? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> it's like, damn, what a sleaze. <laughs> but yeah, at, at this point, we really have most of like the inciting incidents of mm-hmm. the of the story. Yeah, at some point in here, we get introduced to uh, Karahui, who's like working at the at the Yeah, like, I think just before the them. second fight, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. that, that's cool because we get almost like it reminded me of the from the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movie where Peter catches like the lunch tray in the yeah, cafeteria. Totally. We <laughs> see uh, I think it's Cheng Sheng catches like this tray as it falls onto the ground. Yeah. But she sort <laughs> nice. of only has eyes for uh, Sun Jin's character. Um, yeah. Which is cute. And yeah, Lu Feng's character is is kind of played throughout the movie to not be like the brightest bulb or like the most like <laughs> loquacious or whatever. And it, it's a later scene where he's almost like trying to flirt with Kara, but Chang Cheng has to kind of hold him back. Next, we see the South Shaolin master kind of telling all of them, you know, that we need to 
basically we need to train because obviously we're not good enough to beat the North Shaolin. And we actually get to see one of the students that went up there to to fight the North Shaolin kills himself. And yeah. Yeah. there's like this huge geyser of blood that comes out of him when he stabs himself too. It's right, because he's like written this letter. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think this is like the darkest moments in the film where mm-hmm. um, that injured uh, student comes back and he tells him what happened and he's been injured. And the master's kind of like, nobody here is strong enough to defeat these Northern Shaolin. So, yeah, he disbands the school, but he also says, like, if anybody gets in trouble outside in outside of Shaolin that they'll be like expelled which is like this weird thing where it's like where well, you're disbanding us so we, we're gone we don't have a we don't have a school anymore <laughs> but if you mess yeah. up I'll expel you from the school <laughs> he he does say it's something like it's temporary yeah. but at the same time yeah so everybody's pretty distraught and you do get to see here that uh Wei Pai is like his son and also one of the Shaolin uh from the southern school yeah, that young man that was injured, like you guys said, he ends up writing a note and kills himself. Man, yeah. Did the Gosh, subtitle I'd... version say what's on the note? Because it lingers on the note for a little bit, but it didn't pop up on the subtitles. It, yeah, it it doesn't. The subtitle ones that I have, I could kind of piece together from the characters what it said, but it's more than what they say in the dub because he says, uh, the three of us went together, but one of us survived. Ah, gotcha. Yeah, but it looks like there's more written on the... And the other thing is they say, oh, it was written in his blood, but I don't know, like, I guess it was, but they don't show, like, him doing that. Blood in Shaw Brothers movies is just red paint, so I guess you wouldn't be able to tell the difference. (laughs) Yeah, that's nice. (laughs) Yeah, so that's... um, This is uh, kind of the... That's right. This is whenever we first get the kind of the the kind of cute interactions between the uh, the fruit vendor girls and some yeah. of our Shaolin boys. They are just adorable. Um, they really are. Actresses are uh, Niu Niu and uh, Yao Chui Ling, and neither of them were uh, were in the business for for very long. But kind of uh, you know, a handful of Shaw Brothers films in the seventies and early eighties, and that's it. But yeah, they're yeah super cute and uh, yeah i love all the interactions here definitely get a little bit of like a agraba uh vibe oh. <laughs> yeah in I all this that. in a cool way so um nice <laughs> yeah and it's it's funny it's like um we talked a little bit in the last two movies how we're not using a whole lot of like a, a wide variety of the Shaw Brothers sets in these films. And this is maybe the most condensed in terms of the number of um, <laughs> distinct sets. So yeah. uh, we spent a lot of the movie in uh, Johnny Wang's uh, sort of home set. And then this particular part of the street village set is another good chunk. And then the kind of rural training area. I want to say that's, that's those are maybe the it. only locations in the in the mm-hmm. film, um, which is, yeah, kind of interesting. I, they definitely get the most out of it. So they they had to be doing this thing like we talked about before where they're using different sections of the Shaw Brothers set to film different movies at the same time. And especially yeah, seeing sure. all of these actors in all these same films, it's that's got to be what's going on with, um, you know, the last three episodes that we've recorded for Heroes 3. <laughs> Yeah, totally. It boy, it'd be. I bet there's um there are some breadcrumbs you could follow to 
for movies that were released like around the same time or shooting around the same time, I bet you could find even like similarly dressed extras or something and mm-hmm. yeah. kind of build a timeline. That'd be or that'd like be a fun a piece, project for somebody. A piece of a set that got broken in one movie, oh, but totally. it's broken in the other one or something. Oh man, that's great. <laughs> somebody get on that and email us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but here we well, finally get to see Philip Kwok enter the film. So he's in this little marketplace area and he grabs one of the fruits off of the fruit stand and, um, Ching Sheng is there and he's kind of taken the spot for one of the ladies that are vending fruit. And when he grabs a piece of fruit, they have this kind of cool little sparring uh, set where um, they're fighting over stuff, but it's very playful. Yeah, totally. uh, It ends up just being that he wants a piece of fruit and he ends up paying him for it as well. But uh, yeah, I love this is such a cool way to introduce him into the film. And and it goes along with what you guys were saying about how this is much more lighthearted than uh, what you'd see in other films. Yeah. I mean, to me, it's like, I I think I'm just, I'm just craving either a little more on like the lighthearted humor side, which is honestly pretty rare for Shaw Brothers film of this period, or to, to maybe just dig in and push the conflict a little bit more. Mm. I kind of wouldn't mind if either of the either the northerners or the southerners were depicted at least from the perspective of the film to be more adversarial and then you could have some kind of reveal at the end that they were actually just pawns but it's a little it's a little i don't know tension light i guess um <laughs> the whole movie and i don't really mind it because the charisma of the venom mob is is just is so awesome and it's just kind of a delight watching these guys but there's maybe not as much to kind of get emotionally worked up, you know, worked up um, over compared to the other two films. Mm-hmm. Sure. And, the you know, the whole reason for Philip Clark's character, what you find out is he is uh, one of the Southern Shaolin students that has been summoned to exact revenge for his fallen uh, comrades. And you you get that, but you don't really feel sad for the guys that have died <laughs> so <laughs> right, yeah, even that's like them. yeah that's not very important yeah but um it, like it's a clever yeah. way to divide the venom mob so that eventually they can square off against each other and that's like a cool idea but but yeah like you say like your allegiance as as like an audience isn't isn't really with the southern shaolin school even though they've been handed like a really bad deal yeah i think you, at this point in the movie we're getting into the meat of what I really enjoy of the film. So um, Wei Pai has been sent out to train under another master. And um, this master uh, studies Wing Chun. So um, we're going to get to see kind of the typical uh, Wing Chun training. And um, this guy's called the gardener. I like that's. Yeah, that's a a cool. That's a cool name. (laughs) I recognize him from uh, 36 Chamber of Shaolin. Actually, he played uh, Sanda's father in uh 36 chamber of shaolin ah wong ching ho is the man and yeah the, wong ching ho that's it he's been in a million stuff he's been in like 300 plus movies but for for me i instantly recognized and actually it's funny in my brain when i was thinking about it where have i seen him before it's the moment that he dies in 36 chamber <laughs> of shaolin the sad expression on his face when <laughs> oh, he's struck yeah. <laughs> that's that's what clicked for me (laughs) (laughs) okay the the next master master nam sham is 
uh, is played by Ching Mao, who is the guy that trained the the crippled Avengers in the previous movie. And oh, he the trains, Eagle ma- Master. Yeah, and he trains yeah. Lo Mang in this movie. Yeah, so that's really cool too. So he's a Mantis practitioner. Yeah, the Mantis style. Yeah. Oh, and we got to say, Lo Mang's entrance in the movie is just amazing. <laughs> it's it, so we're cool. once ag- we're once again in our little like market set. And yeah, he kind of runs into the film in a similar way that uh, Philip Kwok did, even walking like from the same flashy. spot. Um, yeah. But yeah, definitely much more flashy. And what I love is uh, there's like a gang of these like uh, Manchurians that are coming up against him. And his defense is basically just striking this pose. And he somehow like just like strikes a pose and they all fall down. It's like, <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. They all like collapse to the strength of his muscles. <laughs> yeah, totally. And this is another one too, where it's like you know, you imagine they they have a costume for him, and Lo Mang's like, "Can I try just one without the shirt? Let me just see how it feels." Um, no, they he he knows how ridiculously muscular he is. No, that's like, what I'm saying. Like he's he, he's he's yeah, taking every opportunity to kind of make sure mm-hmm. he kind of gets that on screen. And, and I feel like there are quite a few times where. Uh, actually, they they gotta make a joke about that. Actually, because they uh, the master tells him to uh, to strip down. He takes off his shirt, and then he says, "Also, take off your pants." And he kind of gives a look to the camera. Yeah, <laughs> right. it's a goofy cue for that. I I love in his entrance when uh, the northern uh, fighters show up. Lu Feng kind of has this short encounter with him, and they kind of like acknowledge their manliness <laughs> yeah and and it's so funny how you know we've been talking about this brotherly like camaraderie in these films so uh lu fang is there with his like you know basically who would become his girlfriend in the film and she's like you would think in another movie it would be her checking him out <laughs> but actually it's lu fang like I just met a real man. Yeah, and then she's like, <laughs> and the camera kind of like combs over the, his muscles and everything too. It's like, okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that's really good. But they're but also yeah, he, trying to in in the story of the film, they're trying to convince us that Lo Meng like isn't very strong at this at this part of the story because yeah, Wu Feng's character later says it's like, yeah, I felt his muscles, and he's like. Uh, he's not very strong, but um, <laughs> that's I mean, so that kind of motivates his training method, which is basically really just trying to increase his strength. But I don't know. I think that's asking a lot of the audience. It's like, come on, this dude's strong. Um. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What you find out is he's also another one of the Southern Shaolin students sent uh, forth by the crumbling health master. <laughs> right. <laughs> He's like, uh, I need you to train too so you can get revenge. And uh, he keeps shoving the dead students in these guys' faces too. <laughs> like, hey, don't forget, these guys are dead. Like, you got to get revenge. <laughs> so, yeah, like I said uh, a little while ago, he ends up training in Mantis style. And um, uh, Philip Quack would end up training in like a staff uh, training and later on um, what happens is he encounters Ching Sheng and realizes that he's got that light skill so then he's got to armor himself with some agility as well so um, it's got yeah we've got this training montage it's like this another kind of extended training scene where you see yeah. each person learning their skills and kind of the grueling training that comes with that yeah, extended yeah, totally. training scene, meaning a solid yeah. 40 minutes of the movie. 
Yeah, totally. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and it's all it's all pretty good though. It's all pretty engaging. And each of the each of the training styles have a different like kind of gimmick associated with them to show that they're getting better. So like Lo yeah, Mang totally. has the has the push ups, and he starts off just doing push ups like over this like well thing, and then the master puts eggs underneath his hands, and every time he like breaks the eggs, then he has to eat those eggs for <laughs> dinner. Yeah, and it is, just shows. This is totally my favorite part of the movie. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, really, I don't know, really effective the, the way they always cut back, like they're cutting so fast back and forth between Yeah, the between the, the broken eggs <laughs> and then the eggs, yeah, that are that are cooked already. And he starts off saying, like, hey, hey, I love eggs, so it's no problem. And then by the <laughs> right. end of it, he's like, it's been three months. Can I have something else? You told me that you liked eggs. You keep on breaking them. You must eat them. Otherwise, they'd go to waste. <laughs> yeah, I totally. think that, yeah, there's some really cool stuff that uh, I was able to get from the original audio where the Mantis uh, master kind of tells uh, Lo Mang this, it's like a kind of a fable. And the saying is like a Mantis trying to halt a chariot. And um, he's kind of using this to describe like the training that he's going to be involving himself in and um, actually found out that uh saying and it's like a saying that's kind of like when you hear it you're like you automatically think oh you know somebody that thinks they're stronger than they actually are and you know they will you know a mantis is gonna get run over by a chariot but there's actually kind of a little story that goes behind that oh cool. and um oh, yeah like a, it's like a fable or something like a little fable yeah oh, it's cool. like um i can read a little bit yeah, of it for um, one day, the king of Chi went out for a hunting with his men. This is, I'm reading this verbatim. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the carriages were going along when suddenly a mantis stood in the middle of the road with its sickle-like forelegs opened. It was obvious that he was trying to fight against the carriage and to hold it back. Surprised at the case, the king of Chi ordered to stop and asked what creature it was. When he was told it was called mantis and it would go well up to bridle decisively when it was challenged <laughs> the king sighed with exclamation at its braveness he mused a moment and added it's a great pity that it is not more than an insect if it were a man he must be the bravest warrior in the world then the king ordered his carriage turn around let me say that again man this is way weirder than i remember reading it before <laughs> <laughs> then the king ordered his carriage turn around it to leave the mantis there standing martially <laughs> oh nice <laughs> when the persons around heard the king's words they were well touched and determined to devote themselves to the country <laughs> as time passed the meaning of the phrase changed to the opposite now it means that someone overrates oneself and huh. try to hold back an overwhelmingly superior force. So huh. yeah, this is kind of an interesting thing oh, that dude, I pulled. That's super interesting. <laughs> just from that one quote, <laughs> which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah, but yeah, awesome. yeah, Mantis is it's like you said, Marty, it's he's basically strengthening himself. So um these crazy push ups he's doing with his fingers, and then like he, he has like a prop like boulder that he drops on his back yeah, it's great so do it which is great <laughs> i love it. it's uh, like you take the boulder off and it's like well i'm just floating i'm just flying <laughs> to the sky that was yeah. oh that's super cool mm. <laughs> and meanwhile uh why Pac is training uh by standing on these like pole things and trying to balance on them 
and it's right above a flower bed. And the deal for him is that every time he falls on the flower bed, he has to plant another flower. So there is a couple of Which really is just cool good shots. practice in general. That's good. Like, oh, yeah, that's true. Etiquette. That's true. It's good for the environment. <laughs> uh, you see, there, there's a couple of really cool shots where he falls on the flower bed and like you see his face and then it just pans down to him already planting another flower yeah. it's like some of them i'm like i'm not 100 percent how you did that like it's some <laughs> impressive stuff yeah like all in like one take or whatever mm-hmm. yeah. and philip quack is doing the staff training and it's like about precision it seems where he's striking these paper circle targets and some of them are larger than others and some of them um are like actually really tiny and it's actually really cool because you see him striking these tiny targets in like one long take a lot of the time so you know there's no tricks behind a tight shot or anything like that but all of them kind of overcome this like it's like a first level i guess of of training and then uh move up to the next level which for uh lo mang he kind of starts training on these kind of kind of weird training dummies where like one of them is yeah. like this big wheel where whenever he it's like hits why are it, you hitting yourself yeah 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 mm-hmm. whenever you hit it then it the other side swings around and and hits you and I guess it's just to train you getting hit in the ribs over and over again right it's like um you would say like uh, Thai kickboxers like hitting their shins just trying to strengthen the shins it's tough <laughs> That's, yeah, yeah something yeah, like wow, that there and the subtitles uh, they mention. It's like a mill training. There's a f- phrase that they say called dip guk gong. And actually, when I looked it up, I, I found a lot of stuff that just led back to this film. But I also found something about Southern Mantis style. It's called this. Uh, it's called rib bone power training. Mm-hmm. And the, the Chowgar Mantis style is like the Southern Mantis style. And that's something that they practice. So even though it's kind of this fantastical version of that training, it's the same basic principle, which is cool. Wow, that's interesting. And yeah, that we kind of intercut with our northern heroes who aren't presumably in need of any training, but they're gradually maybe um, sort of figuring out the mystery of how their original you know, opponents died. But yeah, this is definitely a part of the movie where it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just a little bit like soft in the, in the storytelling maybe for me. It's I like, could see that. It's like, where are we? It's... It would like I'm following the energy. Like it seems like where the heat is is the training of the three southern members of the mob. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still, it's like I I feel just kind of equally about everyone. But I don't feel like tragically upset that they would fight each other either. So it's just, yeah, it's just missing a little bit of I don't know turning of the the crank somewhere. Yeah. So they keep cutting back. Yeah, like you said to these other guys and they also show the general and his lieutenant kind of saying like oh it's been months and we have to summon these guys so it's like they kind of were like uh we really want to show these long training montages (laughs) but we want to uh figure out a way to keep people invested in the rest of the plot (laughs) you don't want it to be 40 (laughs) minutes later and you're like oh yeah they're in this movie (laughs) Yeah, yeah whereas in you know 36 chamber of shaolin you didn't really need to. Yeah, it is know. all about the training. Like that is the entirety yeah. of the movie. Right. Mm-hmm. And the the villains kind of like yeah, it's like yeah. just the forces that be. It's not a specific person. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. But we do get a cool fight in the middle here, uh, where yeah, Philip with Kwok the legs of the table. In. Yeah. 
yeah, he comes into the to the tea house where the the northern Shaolin guys and and their and their ladies are hanging out, and he challenges uh, Cheng Cheng Sheng to a fight. And he's been training with the staff, and instead of a staff, he just rips the legs off of a table, and they fight <laughs> with those. He even says something like, "We'll both use strange weapons. That'll be fair." Yeah, yeah. It seems like it, it would be a good proxy at first, but they're so short that it's like, oh, maybe this would be better if you'd been sword training. Yeah, I was gonna say, it's almost more like, like a sword than, than a than oh, staff. Sure. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> but it's a cool, yeah, it's a cool little sequence in it. You know, takes them out into the street for this little for this little fight. Um, but again, as we said earlier, the Northerners are nothing but like friendly um, to Philip's character, and mm. it does it does seem like he kind of gets that. Um, there's there's a little sense that the 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 Southern Shaolin students are maybe kind of aware that they're they're sort of pawns, but yeah. I don't know. Yeah, actually, and, the more I think about it, it's like this would be a really. There's a lot of potential in this sort of story to to remake it and really kind of push it uh, emotionally. Be, yeah, really you cool. could you could have it be like one, two of the people, two of the northern people, like really want to want to bring the general to justice, but one of them's kind of like getting used to the to the comfort of the life and everything. So there's like tension there. I don't know. There's a lot of potential places you could go with it. Yeah, yeah, and totally. also the whole thing with the Northern uh, fighters. Actually, it's funny. We've always been talking about how there are no women in these films. <laughs> but I actually kind of feel like the women, the whole plot with them kind of relating with these girls and kind of getting these girlfriends is kind of like a wasted situation. All it really ends up being is them watching them die. <laughs> <laughs> right you know yeah it's is... like awesome that we have female characters mm -hmm. finally and like i love all these actresses but yeah they're they're kind of they sort of just exist to to be the the girlfriends or whatever oh um, that mm -hmm. would be a cool twist is if Karhui actually was the general's god daughter from the beginning oh, dude, and was like cool. being trained in secret by him so or those three like have to end up fighting the southern shaolin boys yeah, um, or Kara Louie was like fall. actually the killer the whole Ooh. time. Yeah. Ooh, that'd be a good twist. <laughs> Ooh, dude, there's something. Yeah, there's something there. Basically, yeah. basically it's I just want to see Kara yeah. Louie fight people. That's, that's yeah, what it boils totally. down to. <laughs> it, it's definitely like a welcome tone, even if it is a little more like lighter romantic comedy. I guess I won't mm -hmm. say comedy, but lighter like romantic antics stuff. Mm -hmm. um, just because it's been a while since we've sort of had that had that tone. And, yeah. Um, it's... Yeah, it's cool seeing, you know, at least some of the Venom mob get to kind of play to play to that side of things. So this is the fight where um, Philip Kwok's character uh, realizes that he's going to need that light skill to be a match for uh, Ching Ching. So he comes back kind of disheveled and his master asks what happened and he explains it and he says, OK, I'm going to have to train you in that as well. His level two training is... He like is using his staff to flip these other kind of rods up in the air, dodge out of the way of them, and also uh, jump up. And uh, that gets harder and harder as he adds like these. It's kind of like reminds me of like the weighted training gear from from Dragon Ball Z, oh, where like he gets oh, sure. like the weighted rings around his feet to make the jumps more and more difficult. <laughs> and this kind of brings our attention back to the the southern training guys and we see that uh Lomang has sort of mastered the hitting yourself dummy <laughs> and he's he's sort of ready for a new yeah ready for a new challenge and this is maybe the most grueling of any of the 
any of the training devices of the movie, I think. Oh, yeah, really. It's like this rubber bando uh, strength training where um, <laughs> he's got this uh, wooden pillar. Dude, he with... was on that re- resistance band tip like early. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's got he's to be doing something else, though, because you don't get that kind of beef with resistance bands. But... <laughs> yeah, that's true. He has to like kind of reach for these like Flintstones like, <laughs> training like, exercise. Wilma. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it kind uh, of is like a Flintstones spare tire kind of thing. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, he, has, he uses these uh, res- resistance bands to try and reach for these things. And um, yeah, the next level we have for uh, Weipai is this um, pagoda that you mentioned earlier where um, he has, uh, the the gardener has him stand in this pagoda and he hits like the secret switch on the floor. He's like, I'll be right back. And then he like traps him in this. <laughs> yeah. In this and shed. he it's has crazy. to fight his way out. And um, yeah, when I see, when I first saw it, I was like, oh, it's, kind of this big room but it's cool how it escalates because then you start to understand the whole uh wing chun of this training where in the end he's in this tiny box so it's completely a close quarters uh training and you see right. Wei pai's hands are like purple and uh trembling mm-hmm. because of all of the training that he's uh, enduring it's yeah, it's really cool. I always love to see Wing Chun. I was happy to see that in this mm-hmm. film. <laughs> yeah, totally. that is definitely gonna make a a gif of this one bit where he he like breaks the walls for one level. The master opens it up, and you see him standing there. And then he hits another lever that makes a smaller one go over <laughs> yeah. him. Super cool. Ah, <laughs> oh, so cool. But yeah, that is like yeah, it's the Wing Chun thing, kind of like the kind of the one inch punch thing, where like you have to get a lot of power in a really small space. Totally, totally. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, we see like, you know, they're getting more and more reps of um <laughs> of these of these exercises. And then when we cut back to the northerners, um we're still very much in kind of the romantic light tone and um the two uh fruit merchant girls uh they've sort of uh, yet to meet uh Kara's character and so we kind of set up a little date at the house. Um mm-hmm. And I thought this is this is sort of a cute scene. It kind of depicted that like Sun uh, Sun Chin is maybe a little too shy to sort of ask her out. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, by ask her out, I mean like propose, propose yeah. marriage. Yeah. Um, and so there's like yeah, there's sort of a cute little way that that all that uh, plays out, and they're kind of each um, helping each other. Mm. Yeah. That. What ends up coming from that is that the sneaky lieutenant is spying on them. And, <laughs> yeah. um, he, he's such a creep. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's really bad. He's the maybe like that, the real villain of the, of the movie sure. in some ways. The, the thing I like is that Sun Xian's kind of, they're getting kind of wise to this. And they're, they realize that there are only two people that really could have killed these guys because they've been training everybody else and they know mm-hmm. their skills so um they kind of whittle it down and um one of the times that the lieutenant is spying on them he like jumps in and grabs him so in that interaction he tests his kung fu and mm-hmm. then he realizes that no this dude's a wimp <laughs> yeah. this is this is not the killer so they kind of yeah. you know process of elimination decide that oh it must be the general be, yeah. that's behind this but at the same time the general kind of does this thing where he says he will adopt uh Karahui's character as um like his goddaughter like goddaughter and in doing so he'll um 
kind of throw the wedding for them but also this kind of creates this dynamic where um the northern shaolin will have to be extremely obedient to him and that's kind of ultimately what he wants to do and he basically wants to kind of keep playing everybody against each other so they all end up dying yeah and it is so, a nice last sort of like final push to um, kind of turn the screw for the yeah, and the for the the southern member side, you know, they all come back and they're fully trained now, and they meet with the uh, you know sad, sad looking master. <laughs> yeah, he's finally melting <laughs> and, away. Yeah, by then he almost looks <laughs> yeah, like he's, he's definitely a, on death store. Yeah, he almost looks like he's in black and white in a color <laughs> film. <laughs> oh, totally. <laughs> and he he reminds them like, hey. Don't forget, these guys are all dead, and you have what to get revenge. What I told you? It's like I'm I'm missing pages, you know, forty two to sixty yeah. of my script. I'm just gonna use these lines from before. Yep, and they're you just know, as important. Yeah, is they're it, all hey, do armed. You, do you remember all those people that died? Let's <laughs> let's go check them out again. By then, they probably you know this is months and months of training, so they probably were getting some stinky yeah, coughing, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Some stank coughing over there. But that's, yeah, then they swear to him. Literally the last thing before he dies is they swear that he'll, uh, they'll get revenge, keep the Shaolin spirit, and reject the Ching, which is kind of what they call the Manchus throughout this movie. Yeah. And then the yeah. and then he immediately he dies, dies after they say that. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's almost kind of funny how, how fast it is. Oh, right, Yeah, it's right. so good. <laughs> yeah, and then there's, so, and these guys are, all portrayed as being, you know, very honorable. So each of them are duty bound to this promise. Um, and yeah, one of my favorite little beats is when this final encounter happens, the Northerners are trying to um, kind of politely explain that uh, there's more than meets the eye here. Like there's something fishy about this. And Philip Quack's character basically agrees. It's like, yeah, you're totally right, but I promised this thing. So that's kind of irrelevant. Um, <laughs> Yeah, re- revenge uh, is more important. I, Sorry. Yeah, totally. And I think the audience too is like, we're all we're all ready. We're all ready for it. Um, we've been, I think, kind of eager to see uh, one half of the Venom mob yeah. go against the other half. So we're ready for this. So yeah, and that sets us all up for this this final encounter where it's kind of like the it's kind of the day before the the wedding to be, and that's whenever the the Southern Shaolin uh, guys show up. And it's cool. They're wearing like these all white outfits, which yeah. I guess is kind of it's supposed to be like kind of the specter of like the the deceased Shaolin people from before, I guess. That's how I kind saw of. It. Yeah. I, I oh, also yeah, think, nice. you know, they had just had a funeral for their master, too. So oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah. There's probably that going on. Yeah, it's kind of unclear how far away these people are from each other, because <laughs> on the one hand, you'd think it'd be like, you know, northern and southern, it'd be like different parts of the country, but then it sometimes feels like they're like across the street or something, so not 100%. Yeah, yeah. But this this leads to the, the final fight, where, like you were saying before, they're saying basically, yeah, something fishy's going on, but we kind of got to fight, so let's pair <laughs> off and fight. <laughs> Yeah, there's also a really funny beat that I forgot to mention earlier where um, Lu Feng and uh, Lo Meng, you know, they had this funny interaction where they admired each other. But there's a moment right after that where uh, Lu Feng's like, wait, 
he never told me his name. <laughs> like, it's like this kind of tradition where you should say, as a martial artist, mm-hmm. I am this person from this school. And then right, finally, right. when they all show up to kind of exact the revenge, they see each other and he's like, oh, it's you. <laughs> so I thought that was kind of a funny beat. Mm-hmm. It's very comedic. I was surprised to see that from Lu Feng, who's always this super serious dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So the first two that pair off are uh, Lo Meng and Lu Fang. Um, that's like that's where that scene happens, where they tell each other names. Uh, Wai Pak and Sun Qin fight, and uh, Cheng Sheng and Philip Kwok kind of have a kind of like a rematch, I guess. Re- yeah, 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 totally. With like their actual, with, yeah, weapons. with their proper weapons. Although there is a bit a little later where one of them uh, could have easily grabbed a spear which would actually kill the other person, but then they just grab a staff instead. <laughs> it's like, all right, it was right there. You could have gotten that, but whatever. <laughs> right. Nice. But yeah, we get to see this fight, and uh, Chang Shang is just wild with these jumps. Like, he is hopping yeah, all over the totally. place. It's really He's incredible. Got that white power, yeah. Yeah. For me, the uh, definitely my favorite is... Uh, Lo Meng and Lu Feng, like these dudes mm-hmm. look so cool. And the, yeah, they're actually, going, there's so much intensity with their. Yeah, their exactly. That's exactly what I was going to say. They're like super into this choreography. And actually, um, it's it's really fast hand choreography, seeing the two of them just looking so strong. Mm-hmm. And the whole, um, I, I don't know, Mantis style with the, the hands and the fingers down, you don't get to see it too much, but you definitely get to see uh, Lo Meng's skill yeah. uh, using this style. There's also a really cool like um, God's eye view. Um, yeah, that's like really. One little, one I forgot take about that when they're fighting. That's really cool. Gosh, I I one thing I so love about watching uh, Lo Meng fight is he's always like screaming in this really <laughs> cool primal way. Um, that's like I feel like totally unique to him. It doesn't really remind me of Bruce Lee or anybody else. But there's just like this intense like warrior scream. Like, mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. His, yeah, it's just like his whole he's still acting through the fighting which is Mm -hmm. um yeah i think really kind of special and we get uh, we've seen this in a few movies before but we get the whole they do something similar to their training and then it kind of flashes and like a grayed out a grayed out scene of of what they did earlier and, and how it matches up to their whatever maneuver they're currently doing yeah i also really like how there's the whole setup with the general and they've got him sitting down watching everything and there's the three like oh, I wrote friends. this down too. <laughs> oh sure. They're they're all like so concerned and he's like, you know, this is this is between men. Don't worry about it. <laughs> this is men's business. That's concern women. Yeah. That should <laughs> yeah, totally be a moment. There should be a three on one with the ladies against him, right? Like that would have been awesome. I also um, think it's really funny just that they're all like sad and concerned looking just wiggling around like that's really funny to me seeing these <laughs> ladies they're like right. that that's all they do you know for the rest of the movie mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah there is like a there's an interesting thing like tonally with this fight um at least in terms of the choreography it's really satisfying i think it's the most exciting um like combat of the film but again it's like you don't really want anyone to win it's really interesting mm-hmm. um you don't. I and mean, you don't unless you, unless you have like a favorite. It's like having a favorite member of like your a band or whatever. It's like, oh, I want yeah. this guy to win because like I like Lo Meng. But mm. 
yeah, just like emotionally, it's like what you really want is them to stop fighting, which is yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know if it's the most satisfying like context for this. <laughs> yeah, what I would say is I didn't want anyone to die. Really, it's like when when is the moment where they all realize what's really happening and then they join yeah, up totally. to fight the true villain. But then it's like a six on one. It, <laughs> it's like the, that the prospect of that isn't wouldn't be all that um, dramatic either. It I mean that like, that is kind um, of what sort of happens at the end, but. Like Wheels on Meals when, you know, the, the three musketeers, you know, there's no stopping us now. <laughs> like Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> it'd be something like that. <laughs> so with the fight with uh with Sun Chien and Wai Pak, Wai Pak actually finally kills Sun Chien. He does like this he basically stabs him with his hands through his yeah. through his stomach. Um, yeah. And kind of with his dying words, he says that, uh, you know, he didn't he didn't mean to kill his brother. And he kind of explains what's what's going on. And that leads to uh, all of the all of the heroes kind of realizing what's going on and the general revealing like his his true colors and going to to fight. And we get to see him in action fighting the the Venoms, which is which is always awesome. Yeah, for sure. And that's whatever we that's whenever. Uh, Philip Quack goes to get another weapon and he grabs the staff instead of the spear. <laughs> um, but all of the all of the other Manchu kind of goons are coming in now, too. So we know things things aren't going to end too well for for our heroes. Yeah, uh, there is a funny moment, too, right before Lo Meng does his deadly strike where he grabs a pot and throws it like I was thinking of like Legend of Zelda. <laughs> he like lifts a pot sure. up and tosses it. But this this death is pretty gruesome. You guys remember this? Like he puts his fingers into Lu Fang's chest and separates his chest. Yes. Like, wide open. Oh like, yeah. Oh, that's so crazy. <laughs> Although it's it's funny because he probably of of the people that die in this scene, he actually lives surprisingly long given what just happened yeah. there. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's a that's a kind of a gross close up of of that. Yeah. And and just after that, we get uh Cheng Sheng's death. And that's actually also kind of sad too because he's still very cheery about mm-hmm. the situation where he's like, you know, I don't I don't hate you. And, you know, we were just, you know, destined to fight, I guess. They kind of, this is finally when things start to turn around. Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah. you know, we'll help you guys get out of here. And that, that I mean, that, seeing a person get shot with a bunch of arrows, I can't help but think of a hero. <laughs> it's not quite oh, that, oh, it's not quite yeah, that many totally. arrows, but. It's not like a million arrows. Yeah. Right. <laughs> the way that the general finally gets his. I'm not a hundred percent clear what happened. Like I rewound and watched this same death scene like five times because I'm not a hundred percent what happens here. But somehow the uh, the general and Philip Quack's character both get impaled by a staff at the same time or something. Yeah, it almost seems like there's a missing couple shots or something. <laughs> not a hundred percent what happens, but it's a really cool shot because they both jump in the air. And then it cuts and both of them impaled and like blood flying out of them as they come back to the ground. Yeah, totally. And then I like the concept of uh, kind of ending the film on these three women who aren't really sure how to process what's happened. But then the music drop here is maybe the strangest thing <laughs> I've ever heard. It's like, it's this really like heroic kind of upbeat thing. Um yeah, that's part of why it feels like this movie should have another like ten minutes or something in it. 
because yeah. it the all the people except for uh, except for Wipok's character and Lo Mang's character are now dead, and the women are running up to their to you know their loved ones. All of these soldiers are surrounding them, and there's this heroic music blasting as we see the two of them running into the forest to go, you know, tell yeah, everyone. Yeah, this pile what, of corpses. Yeah, yeah. They're that's running right. to tell every, you know, tell everyone what's really going on, and you know, who's, you know, that the general was was trying to turn Shaolin against each other, and yeah. that's the movie. <laughs> yeah. So I would say not the first movie you should show your girlfriend if you're trying to, yeah, kind of get her into kung fu or something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Or like any sort of like yeah, um, someone that's like new to the the genre. Um, but it's also this is like we said before. This is the kind of stuff we live for, which is like a great freeze frame that's like super abrupt. That's true. And like, yep. it doesn't really like wrap the film up, you know? No, not um, at all. Uh, but definitely... there is yeah, there is actually some other uh, amazing music earlier in the film. There's like this sort of flute theme during yeah. a lot of the training that's like awesome. Um, yeah, there's yeah, a couple really of cool themes some other, that kind some of some other cool really drops. Kind of reoccur yeah. throughout the movie. There's the cheesy kind of fanfare right at the opening of the film. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, Lu Feng, I I yeah, Lu Feng gets it really bad too. I forgot about that. Oh um, right. That's a that's another like violent a, one too intense spray of blood and he actually dies standing up too until all the manchu like kind of throw him over to mm-hmm. break in <laughs> but yeah so that's uh that's invincible shaolin it's cool i i do i did really like it but as we were going through it again i there you know it's not the best i still think out of the ones that we watched mm-hmm. so far crippled avengers oh yeah the most enjoyable for me. Yeah, Crippled yeah. Avengers like is the one I would classic. recommend to anyone yeah. that wanted to watch. Like I just I told someone, like they asked, "What's the what's the next movie you're doing on the podcast?" And I told them about Crippled Avengers, and they were like, "Whoa, I kind of want to see that." Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, awesome. I think so. And yeah, I yeah. think this this movie is great if like um you're a fan of the Venom mob and you want to see these guys in more situations. Um, mm-hmm. It's awesome. Um, but yeah, probably I don't know if it's a if it's a if it's the you know a great representation of 1978 even if you're kind of trying to in- introduce somebody into kung fu cinema <laughs> but yeah that's invincible shaolin from 1978 and yeah it's it's a it's a it is a fun movie it wouldn't be the first one yeah, i choose totally. but it's a, it's a fun one so it's worth checking out if you like these other ones and of course you can find yeah, it on sure. amazon prime you can rent it a lot of places so it's available. Uh, but thank you totally. so much for listening to our little program here. If you like the show, then you can leave us a review on your podcatcher of choice. Be sure to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We are at Heroes, the number three podcast on all of those. Thank you so much to the Kung Fu Cinema subreddit if you are checking us out from there. And Carlos, what is our training next week to wrap up our look at the Venom Mob? So we're jumping way far ahead into the year of 1979. What? Oh, Oh, no more 1978. We're going to be covering the film The Kid with the Golden Arm. So um, again, we're going to get our Venom Mob. Again, we're going to get Wang Lung Wei and Dick Wei as well. Um, Does he make it past 10 minutes? Uh, I'll let you find out for yourself. <laughs> oh, a little <laughs> teaser for next week. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, this is going to be a fun one as well. well. Awesome. Well, until next week, we're checking out 1979's The Kid with the Golden Arm. I'm Matthew. 
I'm Marty. I'm Carlos. And we are the Heroes 3. Remember your training. Heroes 3 is part of the Mercado Brothers Podcast Network.